I uh, we had our women's forum last night. Every third Thursday night of the month, right? The ladies showed up last night. Oh, they showed up. The honesty was amazing. It's hard to find ladies, females, to be real, real honest. And I'm thinking, wow, this is so amazing. And I want to say to the mothers of children and of adults, as an adult, you're no longer their mothers. You need to release them and don't harass them. Don't be calling your adult kids, where are you? Or testing. Leave them alone. They're grown now. They're peers. They're not children anymore. And a lot of mothers, I've been hearing this over the last 29 years, that they call and text and harass their adult children because they're worried about them. They may be dead somewhere. And if they are dead, what are you going to do? You're not God. And I'm starting to realize when the women say, oh, I worry about you. That's me. I'm harassing you. It's just control. And, and Satan is lying to them. They're lying to them that, oh, you're just worried. So harass the hell out of them, right? Because you're worried. And then when the kids, adult kids, young and old, they try to hide their phone numbers from you. They don't answer the phone. You go to somebody else and get their numbers. Why don't you just say, you know what? Maybe they don't want to talk to me if they're hiding their phone number from me. From me. But you uh, go and get their number from another family member or somewhere else and harass them anyway. That's evil. And I want to say to the adult men and women, when your parents do that to you, and it's mostly mothers. Rarely do you hear that fathers done this. When they call you, you're out on a date or just out doing what you do as an adult. And they are testing you and calling you and you say, no, don't do that. Have them arrested. It's, I don't care what their excuses are for doing that to you, but that's harassment. And that's evil. That drives you crazy. If you don't know how to deal with it. And, and and women who have children, young and old, you should know that you're being evil. That's not love at all. You don't harass an, anyone, really, but especially an adult. You don't own them. They are equal to you. I received this story from uh, some uh, one of the uh, uh, listeners of the show, the fan of Bond and of the radio show called in and he was telling me about a football player that uh, that had committed suicide. And I believe it was down in Georgia. I could be wrong about the state, but I think Georgia. So my producer looked it up and it's true. And this is from the, I want to just lay out this story for you real fast. It's horrible. It really is horrible. And you'll see what I mean in a minute. This is from the um, Sun the um, Sun Signal. Is that right, Nick? 
And it says football, team football star Bryce Gowdy faced struggles before his suicide. So Bryce Gowdy was a young 17-year-old football player, and he was about to go to college at um, Georgia Tech. And apparently he was going on a full scholarship. He and his family had been struggling before he was found dead, according to this report. Here's the first soundbite. Bryce Gowdy, a teen football star about to go off to Georgia Tech on a full ride, had no place to go with his family and checked into a hotel room. Yet another reminder of their enduring financial problems. It was Sunday night and he was acting strange. He was talking a mile a minute and kept asking his mom questions about life. Early Monday morning, his body was found near the train tracks in Deerfield Beach. He had deliberately put himself in the path of a freight train. Amazing, huh? Um, Shabon Winnell, that's her name, the mother's name? Well, no wonder he put himself in front of a train. Who want a mama named Shabon Winnell? Uh, she's Bryce. Bryce's mother, this woman filmed a video explaining what happened, and she described he was uh, talking crazy. Bryce was talking crazy. He kept talking about the signs and the symbols that he was seeing all over the place. <laughs> he could see the world for what it really was. He kept saying that he could see people for who they really are. That's Shabon doing a selfie, talking about Bryce. She goes on to explain the struggle they were going through and how Bryce was not taking it well. He kept asking me if I was okay or if his brothers were going to be okay. And I kept telling him, yeah. All day, we sat in the car yesterday because we didn't have anywhere to go. And he sat next to me all day just talking. And I was stressed out. I was too stressed to really deal with it. And I kept telling him I had just started my period. We were on the streets again, homeless. The little job I got wasn't paying me all my money on time or in full. And I was so stressed out about According to this report, uh, Bryce was struggling with leaving his family to go to Georgia Tech. The 17-year-old star-wide receiver told his family that he was excited to go to Georgia Tech on a football scholarship but he was miserable over leaving his family in an unstable situation. Gowdy was trying to support his mother and two brothers through various struggles, his and his mother's mental health issues, financial hardships, and homelessness. Amazing. And here's how the mother, here's the mother, the mother describes how she couldn't handle Bryce. And I told him, I said, Brady, Bryce, you have to dig within and fight these demons that you're fighting. 
I was told him like I wasn't strong enough to help him right now. That I had my own demons that I was trying to fight. He was stressing me out so much because the whole day price was just going, going, going. And I started telling him that he needed to get it together and toughen up. He tried to hold my hand. And I told him no because he had me so upset. I was like, I can't deal with that energy right now, baby. Because his energy was so intense. I could feel the pain in his soul and it was breaking my heart. Amazing. So here's Bryce's uh, uncle. And the uncle described him as head of the household, Bryce, right? The uncle said Bryce would ask for money all the time from the family and that he um, should have been, shouldn't have been in that position. In a phone interview, his uncle, Thomas Gowdy, told NBC News his nephew was under incredible pressure. He says Bryce was the head of the household and had been taking care of his mother and his siblings. The Sun-Sentinel reported the family was homeless and they were living in a motel. Amazing, right? And finally, this is the last uh, soundbite. Here's the mother finally talking about Bryce's father. Watch this. His dad, he talked to his dad yesterday, and that's when it got worse. It got worse after he talked to his dad. Before he talked to his dad, he was just talking for a few days, just... And, you know, just talking about, just in circles, about the things that we were going through as a family over the last couple of months being homeless. The things that he had to see me go through <laughs> because we were homeless. But after he talked to his dad, he started getting paranoid. Like, he asked him to walk across the street to get me a ginger ale, and he was paranoid. Started talking about not being trapped by doors and mirrors. So this morning when he disappeared, I texted his dad and I was like, I wish you would disappear from our lives forever. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So before I respond to this, one of my experts is here, Joel. You know, I have three experts, right? I mean, smart, wise, young, just know it all experts. Joel, Nick, and Jane, but Joel is the only one in the studio right now. So, Joel, Joel, what do you? What's your feedback? What do you think about what you just heard and saw? You know, it just made me realize how important it is for parents to be, you know, the head of you know the children and not, you know, project the things that they're going through onto their children because you know the children can't handle it. Not only that, if if they're weak, you know, representations, then, you know, the kids pick up that same thing. And now the kids are carrying all this stuff that they don't need to carry and they're too young to carry it. And then, you know, this perfect example of a kid can't handle it and he commits suicide. So you could clearly see, even though you clearly see the mom is not, you know, stable. So even before... um, he committed suicide, you could tell that she's just not a stable person. So I can imagine that the kid just couldn't handle all that stuff that was happening, and it went crazy. 
Do you feel sad for the lady? His uh, mother? Do I feel sad for I, I don't I don't know if I feel, I don't know if I feel sad. What do you feel? I don't I don't know if I feel much about anything, but I just I can just Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> I don't feel much about anything. <laughs> you so holy. <laughs> but what Oh I, Lord. Well what I can say is that oh let me throw a naked. Don't hit that camera boy. <laughs> But I can't say I can see that. You should have seen Nick this morning doing pull-ups. It was so funny. Pull-ups. I did them with I did them with power. I did them with power and speed. And, and where That's was all it? you can say about it? Where was the power and speed at the house? In front of you. <laughs> oh, I thought you left it at your home. Wow. No. <laughs> it, it was what, uh, Joe? I mean, you can just see in the in the lady's face how unstable she is, and it's not a surprise, and it's, you know that the situation is what it is because you get to see how the mom is, you know. So it's just an unfortunate situation for the for the children, and then you can see the other child there in the passenger seat while the mom's you know speaking like this is just repeating itself. So she's just an unstable person. She really shouldn't have, you know. Uh, rights to her children. What do you think about the notion that she texts the father telling him, I wish you would disappear from our lives forever? It's crazy, but I understand it, not in the sense of taking up for her side, because that's just insane, but I understand that when you're so crazy like that, you know, that's that's just the, the you say crazy stuff. She's just a crazy, just looks like a crazy person. So I'm not surprised that she would say that, you know, to the dad. And it's like you say, it's just Satan is the women's daddy. Some more than others. But <laughs> <laughs> Satan is the woman's daddy. <laughs> and those kids were, if you saw... This is Nick, my producer, and the other expert on the Justin Lee Peterson show. Uh, if you saw that her kid, one kid, when she was like talking about the father, and the kid put his head, the kid put his head on her shoulder all comforting... And then the other mm-hmm. one in the background, you can see him. So I don't. I mean, I'm assuming these so many things of the family from the little bit I know. But oh, he's comforting her while he's while she's talking about she's talking bad about your father when he wasn't even there. And that was in the last album. In the last one, yeah. Oh, replay the last yeah, album. I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. It's been the corner. But you see it. Oh. His dad. He talked to his dad yesterday, and that's when it got worse. It got worse after he talked to his dad. Before he talked to his dad, he was just talking for a few days, just and you know, just talking about just in circles about the things that we were going through as a family over the last couple of months, being homeless, the things that he had to see me go through <laughs> because we were homeless. But after he talked to his dad. He started getting paranoid. Like, he asked him to walk across the street to get me a ginger ale, and he was paranoid. Started talking about not being trapped by doors and mirrors. So this morning when he disappeared, I texted his dad, and I was like, I wish he would disappear from our lives forever. That's the kid's uh, dreads, yeah. you said? I saw that, hair. Yeah. What do you, so what do you, what do you think about all this? Well, I mean, what's glaring is the crazy mom made her son crazy. <laughs> the crazy mom and the crazy kid, right? They've become the same. But it's 
It's just crazy because okay, first of all, the then then you have the liberal media and their take. Oh, mental health. Oh, this is we need this is another reason why we need to look at mental health and why you need to talk to your friends and you need to ask them how are they and stuff like that, right? But they don't want to they don't want to mention they don't, like they just want to gloss over the fact that this kid was uh, according to the family members was asking for 200 bucks like every other week. What do you mean? Why are you asking people for money to support his two older brothers and your mother? That's just crazy. Right? Yeah. And he's supposed to be off in his... It wasn't his duty to do that at all. He's supposed to go off uh, to this Georgia Tech to be in the school. But it's it's just, um, you know, someone that really couldn't handle life, I guess. He was really unable to kind of face it all. How can you face it? You got parents acting that way, a mother acting that way. I don't know where the father is. Is James aware of the story? Did he see it? He saw it somewhat, I think. But not I'm enough not to sure. expert on it. Maybe not. Am I right? Maybe not. I'm not sure. <laughs> he said that he only heard the annoying mother. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't I don't believe this woman's story at all. Mm-hmm. It's all fake. She's not been, I don't believe she's been honest about her role in this and how she whatever happened with the father and her and why she's out there and what's going on. She's not being honest. I don't believe it. She's not telling about herself. I agree. In fact, she she's never not mentions saying what she about did. Herself. Right. Except the, she's not telling what she did. She mentions, oh, I didn't let him hold my hand and that like made him sad. And I didn't let him. That's and I, dumb. And I, and I, and that's I, what the problem is, holding his hand. Well, that's the thing. It's like she admitted to a little bit, like when she was like, she admitted to a very little. So who knows how much more is missing? What she didn't right. admit Because she, she felt so guilty about uh, not letting him hold her hand and how uh, she told him, oh, I just can't handle your energy right now. That's If that's what you admitted to, what was missing, you know? And... If she wasn't an evil woman, why would she tell the father disappear from our life? Those other two boys need the father. That clip was why I put it at the end. It's like that is so telling and so interesting. Why was your first thing to go to the father and tell him? Right. She should be saying, I'm sorry for whatever I've done. And the kids need you. We need you. Come. (laughs) Big time. Well, a person that messed up ain't going to be able to see that. And she's not taking responsibility for what she did. I don't believe any of her tears. I don't believe all the phony stuff that she did. She's, I just, it's crazy. Mm. It's the first time. And no boy should not be in that condition. That's her problem, not theirs. Send them off to live with grandpa or somebody. Mm-hmm. Let them go live with the father, wherever he might be. They're all taking care of her. According to reports, the Boulder brothers were also working to support the family. That is evil. Thank you all, experts. I knew I would get the answer. <laughs> and I'll take your calls when I come back from this break. Amazing. And don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, and share the Jesse Lee Peterson radio show for us. We really appreciate it. We are at war. It is a spiritual battle for the soul of America. And it's going to take all of us to do it. 